Why is it important to eat, shop, live local? We are um, obviously like on this journey of trying to make our lives as local as possible. Why? Why go through all the effort? Why go through all the inconvenience Mm -hmm. of, you know, growing your own food when you can just go to the grocery store or of just getting in your car and driving to the next town over? So we just want to talk about the why. Why should we live locally? And what has convicted us to live locally? Mm -hmm. Because it's been a journey for us. Uh, For us, it really started with Scott working at a local place. Mm -hmm. You started working at a local farm, butchery, restaurant back in 2018. Mm -hmm. We immediately saw the difference between conventional meat processing and local meat processing. That was the first up-close and personal experience we had with wow, this is very significant Mm -hmm. and meaningful to buy from our local farmers rather than from buying from Trader Joe's. Yeah, being on the inside of a food system, neither of us grew up as farmers, so we've never grown our own food before. So we also didn't know what the food system was like. So working with these guys who are all regenerative farmers who are all trying to build a local food system, what I learned from these guys is that 90% of the meat in America are grown by four corporations, four companies, four big organizations. They have all their own processing and logistics stuff and it's basically just factory meat, factory food. Whereas when you go on a local scale and you see these farmers, you go to their farms, you see them raising the animals out on pasture and you're like, wow, this is a wonderful thing. They're stewarding creation, they're treating the animals well. And then they bring them into, you know, a co-op style butchery processing center. And you're like, oh my gosh, to see an animal be slaughtered, it was a very heavy thing for me. Scott named one of the pigs Barry, and he loves pigs. And the farmer actually knew that Scott got really connected with this pig and came up and told you tomorrow is Barry's graduation graduation day. day. (laughs) If you want to go feed him for a last time. Yeah. And it was really special though, because it's like, once you understand the meaning of of food or, or the, once you understand God's design for food, mm. it's like, okay, this is their graduation. You know, animals were meant for as food. And it's like, yeah. oh, Scott, that's actually not true. We can be vegans and all this stuff. It's like, well, then they're going to be food for another animal. Yeah. You know, they're going to be food for a lion or food for a turkey vulture. This is how you can raise animals with love and, you know, get connected to them and give them names and also be like, okay, it's their graduation day and praise God for it because this is what they were made for. Um, and we're doing it well, humanely, quickly. They've had a wonderful life. You know, it was always uh, one of the guys who, who I worked for who I really respected his philosophy on this. And he would say, there's only three forms of death in the wild. Predation, starvation, or disease. Whereas through farming, these animals are given a wonderful life and they have one bad day, their graduation day. Which, you know, they don't know it's coming because of the way, you know, they do it. It's quick and clean. So, it's not clean. definitely not clean (laughs) it's quick um but so to really respect the guys who farm the guys who do the slaughtering because that's hard work and so you have to sell this meat at a good price for everyone to be able to actually carry on doing this and that's where these huge corporations come in and just cut out all the small guys because they're like you can't do it at our scale you can't do it at our cost because we're cutting all the corners you know all these regenerative guys they aren't steroiding their cattle and feeding them cheap corn and stuff. They're doing it the, the, the hard way, the slow way. And so you can't compete with these huge monopoly food systems on price. 
And that's when people were like, oh, I'm not going to pay that much for chicken or that much and for grass-fed like, well, beef. Well, the chicken and... you're getting from Walmart ain't even chicken. Yeah, I mean, that stuff you're getting, it's like, man, like once you go to a factory farm, you're, you'll be repulsed. Like I can understand how people become vegan because they're like, I will not be complicit in this. And you're like, you're right. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be complicit in this. But there's a, a right way to do it as well. And so we want to find the right way. And that's these regenerative farmers, these small guys who are doing it on a scale that is humane and is stewarding God's creation. So that was our kind of introduction into the food system. And it's not just with meat. It's with, it's with ironically, the vegan guys. It's with vegetables and, and grains as well. You know, you, these huge, big corporate farms, industrial farms, they just spray chemicals. They are hugely machinery intensive, which is using, you know, diesel and um, petrochemical fertilizers because the soil, they're not, they don't care about the soil, about creating soil that is even better every year. Instead, for them, it's like we, we just need something to put the seed on and we'll put all the fertilizer on top of it. Like we don't need soil, actually. Like we can even plant in gravel if we wanted to. They don't care about the soil. And that's why all the soil just washes away every year. Or it's poisoned, it is poisoned, and the water is poisoned, and all this stuff. And even the farmers are poisoned. Mm-hmm. Farmers struggle with, you know, cancer from all of these crazy stuff they put on, on the corn and the soy and all of this stuff. So once you see that, you know, even to, to my extent where I'm like, I'm never eating corn ever again. And it's like, again, it's all about scale. Like if you plant corn in your backyard, praise God, eat corn with joy. But it's all about scale and how you do it. You know, how are you stewarding the soil? How are you stewarding the the, the plants that you're planting? Um, and doing it in a way that is actually, you know, it's blessing creation and it's good for us. It's not good to eat all of this industrial industrially made food. You can see it. Like one in one in two people in America are obese. You know, you can see it. You go around and you're like, something's not right. And that starts with the food system. Now, the next thing with the food system, someone has a quote, some, some, some philosopher out there, but it's like, if you control the food, you control the people. And so, you know, our food system is in the hands of very few corporations. Uh, you know, back in, back in the old days, 80% of people grew their own chickens in the backyard, grew their own vegetables in the backyard, you know. Uh, canned all their stuff knew where their food came from and could do a vast majority of their food themselves and then all the small farming towns it wasn't like four huge big mega farms it was like 400 small farming families and that created a huge economy in the small towns that's why the small towns were lively you have a wonderful uh, lively economy because you've got 400 economic unit families farming families providing work for the town because those cattle and that grain and the stuff that are grown in those 400 local farms they're not going off to some huge big vertical integrator in kansas or wherever else they're going to the local town to get processed the local town had a small butchery the local town had silos the local town had whatever industry it was to process all of those things that are being farmed but when those farms go out of business because they can't compete with these huge big industrial farms and the industrial farms buy them all up and so there's now just four big industrial farms they don't, they don't, you know, you've now lost 400 families mm-hmm. in the school system. You've lost 400 families because they don't all come to the town and just be like, well, I'm going to be a plumber in the town. They're like, no, they have to go off to the city to go find a city job uh, or they go sit in their trailer on opioids and welfare. Mm-hmm. But these, these four big, huge mega farms, they don't, they don't contribute to the local small town economy. All their stuff goes off to some big vertical integrator. And so you're just cutting out the small town. So now the small town becomes a, an economic wasteland 
and uh, you know, a, a ghost town. So that's the food side of things. And then the second thing is all the rest of your buying, you know, Walmart and... Which includes food. It's yeah. where you get your stuff from, but then yeah. it's... Textiles like clothing and home goods. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Are things? you going to go to Target, the dollar bin <laughs> section and, you know, Walmart, all of these big box stores that make everything convenient for you to shop there. And again, this isn't uh, condemning if you just went to the Target dollar bin this week. It's just to get you thinking of, could I find this thing that I'm going to buy that was cheaply made in China and imported into the United States and Target's making a huge percentage off of this piece of junk. Could I get this locally somehow, handmade somehow, or do I actually even need this thing? Am I just filling a void of stuff that I don't actually need mm -hmm. uh, because it's not a quality item anyways. Back in our grandparents and great-grandparents time, they would make their own clothes. My, both of my grandmas knew how to sew and they made beautiful clothes and I so wish that I had learned from them. Uh, I never had the desire to until now. But you can. I have friends now that, that make their own clothes and it is so inspiring to be around those people because it's like, oh my gosh, I want to learn how to do that. Or how to quilt and make your own blanket or book binding, make your own journals. That's something my sister taught me how to do and it's, it's a really cool skill to have. There's so many things that we can do at home and we can then provide those ways of doing things to other people who are looking for quality gift items. A few months back, I wanted to get a gift for someone and I was in a town and I was, there were some local boutiques and I was like, I'm gonna go into one of these boutiques and see if I can find something to give as a gift as a friend, to a friend because I waited to the last minute to get anything for her. So I was like, I don't have time to make anything myself. Well, so I walk into this boutique and there are rainbow flags everywhere. There is like just gross stuff. And I immediately left. And a lot of times with local stores, I feel very awkward not buying something from a local place because I want to support local businesses. But that place, I was like, oh no, like this is a complete values violation to me. And I would rather find like, I was wishing and so desiring that there was like a mom and pop handmade place in that little town that I could just buy like, Something. Something, a, a handmade pen. And so I was like, you know what? I can stay up a little later tonight and make a hammered out bracelet using solid sterling silver that I have. And that's what I ended up doing because I so did not want to give this business my money and I didn't have any other options. But it real. I came home and I told Scott, okay, now I know the value of my own stuff that I make and providing that for people to buy and also other people that's within our tribe that make their own stuff like soaps or blankets or rugs or um, skirts. Well, this is how small town economies grew. This is what a small town economy used to be. Some guy was the hat maker. Some guy was the soap maker. Some guy was the the hardware shop guy. Somewhere, someone was the, the coffee butcher. shop guy, the butcher guy. Like. Whatever you are good at, you can start specializing at. So we're not saying, you know, you have to do everything yourself. It's yeah. like, no, no, no. This is what a community economy was. And we've lost that now because all of the little mom and pop businesses in the economy of a small town are sucked out when all the small farms leave or when there's a strip mall put on the edge of town 
and we can't compete with their prices. And unfortunately, a lot of these small boutiques that are opening up have missed the deeper root of localism. It's like, I'm gonna open up a local boutique, but still sell all stuff made from China. Yeah. And it's like, no, take it one step further. Is there people yeah, in your town that make those things? Because mm -hmm. they don't have a business to set up. I mean, recently we found out in our little cute town, there is so many empty buildings that are on Main Street. So we ask um, someone we know in the town that works down there, like, why is there so many empty buildings? What, What is going on with all of these empty buildings? And they told us that the owners of these buildings are getting COVID relief checks and they're getting more money by people not renting their spaces to have shops than they would if they had renters. And so we're like, oh my gosh, this is destroying our town. This is not good for our local economy yeah. by having empty buildings. So the whole point of all of this, the action out of all of this for us, is use your money in your local economy. Find people who are doing things in your local economy that you need. And if you can't find it local, then find it within your tribe. Who are my people that I've met online or I've, I've made connections over the years? Who are my people whose values I love? How can I spend my money at their businesses rather than huge, big corporate stores? You know, how do we keep our money amongst our people, our place? That's what we got to ask. Yes. And then our second action is if you are a farmer, if you are a businessman, if you are a mom and pop service or product provider, you are doing a wonderful thing to your local economy. Mm -hmm. So don't ruin it by using all of these huge, big corporate systems. Try and build your own systems of sovereignty. We don't want to rely on outside corporations that don't really care for us, don't really care for our people. We want to try and build our own systems and our own sovereignty in our little town economies. Bless you guys and may God bring back your local economy and may you be an agent of that work.